Or should we really be going back to more traditional toys and trying to limit the amount of use that our children uh, have on these on these devices? Hello and welcome to A Doctor's View, a podcast looking at everyday health topics and life through a doctor's eyes. Please note that all opinions are my own and should not replace the advice given to you by your own doctor. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Let's begin. Hello everyone. Today I'd like to discuss childhood development and I want to start by saying this is more of a discussion point of view on what is the state of play with with current childhood development in society. So firstly I want to discuss what we mean by childhood development, why it's important and some of the things that I believe are causing this to change nowadays. So what do we mean by childhood development? Well, children acquire a large number of functional skills throughout their childhood. And we refer to these skills as with the term development. And we use developmental milestones as a way of describing and assessing this development, usually from birth to around five years old. These milestones are split into four key areas. So we have gross motor being the first one, vision and fine motor, hearing, speech and language, and finally social, emotional and behavioural changes. For each of these categories, there are certain skills that we expect a child to achieve by a certain age. And these ages are the median, or for whatever better word, the average age at which we would expect a child to be when they achieve this skill. And certain skills also have an age limit with them. And by that, that's an age where if the child has not achieved that skill, for example, walking by 18 months say then that is what's known as a red flag and that's a time where there should be concern and further investigation should be carried out so it's a very important tool as well as one that gives you an idea of how your child is doing so why is this important well it's important because the brain is is most rapidly developing in the early years of life. A child's brain is is like a sponge and it's the reason why it's so much easier to learn a new language from a very young age than it is later on in life. I know many people who are multilingual or at least bilingual who were atrocious at languages at school but they could speak two languages or can speak two languages. Reason is, is because they were taught to language they were spoken to as a child um, by either a, a parent or a relative who could speak a second language or, or more languages to them. And they learned, they picked it up, absorbs like a sponge. You see it with babies, they look around a lot uh, because everything's new to them. They're, they're taking in all the all the information that they can to try and learn about their surroundings. Any voices, any loud noises, any visual stimuli, they take it all in. And that's why sometimes toys and games that we give our kids are very important and are quite an important aspect in terms of growing up and developing our brains. So that's one reason. The other reason is by ensuring that 
the child is achieving their milestones. We can ensure that action is taken quickly and try and limit any problems that child has potentially growing up when they're not achieving them. Also, it may be that you're picking up something more serious as well. So by dealing with something at an earlier age, you stand better chance of being able to do something about it and it having less of an impact later on. Now, the environment and the quality of stimulation that the child receives, as well as the nutrition that they receive, is key. And I'll talk a bit more about that later on. We know that good childhood development with a good and healthy environment just helps so much on later on in life, be it in schools, making friends, your adult life, and just general overall success. There's a few key milestones that I'll give you just for just for examples so that you get an idea of of um, what I'm talking about if you're not familiar with this term the developmental milestones so we mentioned the category gross motor well gross motor things like crawling for example that usually occurs around eight to nine months walking unsteadily we say around 12 months with a limit age that we were talking about at say 18 months walking steadily around 15 months and then running and jumping usually around two and a half years old vision and fine motor these are things like transferring toys from one hand to another at seven months and then making marks with crayons at 16 to 18 months then there's things like building blocks uh, the the building bricks that we we give kids as, as as toys so these are quite telling as well and these again go in under the vision and fine motor category so a child at 18 months should be able to build a tower with three bricks at two years they should be getting up to six bricks and then two and a half years they can build a tower up to eight bricks and when they get a bit older three years they start doing more complex things so if you show them a model of a bridge they can build a bridge if they're able to build steps we'd expect that around four years old once you've shown them how to do it of course and there are there are more uh, milestones but i won't go through them all the social, emotional and behavioural changes, these are things like waving goodbye, playing peekaboo, which we expect at 10 to 12 months, and then interactive play with other kids, taking turns, that should happen at two and a half to three years. There are charts available um, which, which summarise all the developmental milestones very nicely, and these are very good tools um, to, to assess how your child is progressing and also helps keep an eye on how how things are going and if anything needs f- further investigation. So there's this is where we we find ourselves in some difficulty sometimes. And this is what I want to discuss and bring up as a as a discussion point. Nowadays th- there's been instances when you're in a clinic say and you're trying to assess a child's development and you're asking the parents things like can the child play with bricks? Um, can they kick a ball? Um, ride a bike etc and you met with the answer of well they don't really play with bricks they don't really kick balls or they haven't got a football and then when you delve a little bit deeper you've when you try and find out what the child can do you realize that it's not that there's a problem with the child per se 
It's just that their environment means they, they don't own these things. They haven't shown any interest in these things. What they can do is they they can use iPads and they can play with parents' phones. So they can probably send a text message before that they before they can ride a bike. And this is purely speculation on, on my part, but is it perhaps time we, we adapt these developmental milestones to... For our current society, with which is technology fueled, and and we have all these all these multimedia devices in front of us and accessible to us, or should we really be going back to more traditional toys and trying to limit the amount of use that our children uh, have on these on these devices? Here comes some controversy with that because you are perhaps less likely to let your kids go outside as you once were. The streets are more dangerous nowadays. Um, and giving in to television and iPads is is an easy thing to do and one that most parents can sympathise with, especially on a long car journey, for example, or on a, on a plane journey. I was thinking the other day, I went to go see a child uh, in the hospital and noticed that they were very happy, very comfortable and, and playing on, on their iPads. And and I thought, that that's wonderful. He's doing a, a game or something. And that's lovely. But I was thinking it's a little bit sad nowadays that uh, perhaps children don't learn the same things that, say, older generations once did. And even speaking from my own childhood, um, I built things with, with Meccano and built radio control cars. And and when we do these things, when we use our hands, when we look at something physical, it tends to build an inquisition uh, we, we start becoming curious about certain things so i knew for example when i put uh, my fully charged battery into this radio control car it would go quite quickly for a small amount of time and then the battery would start going flat and then it would be time to recharge it and that led me to think well what happens if i put two batteries duct tape one on top of the other, connect them with some dodgy wires in series and see what happens. Now, as a result, yes, you get a very, very fast radio control car for a short amount of time. And yes, it gets extremely hot and was probably a very big fire hazard. But it led me to understand a little bit more about electronics, a little bit more about circuitry, made me want to read a little bit more about it. Even... Even, for example, riding your bike, um, you know, you learned that going much, much faster makes you jump far further and higher from the homemade ramp you've made with your plank of wood and some bricks. These are simple pleasures. Um, they're, they're simple childhood things. And even even simpler pleasures like a colouring book or just reading, I I have never been to a ward and seen a child using a, a coloring book or reading a book they, they're always on an electronic device and it just made me think you know we, we don't read as much as we did before we don't get out as much as we did before and a good children's book can teach us so much and my favorite book as a child was was the Osborne Encyclopedia of Everything and it was absolutely incredible. It was it was quite a thick book and it just had information on so many things. And I still remember facts like from it, you know, um, today. Things like 
There are as many atoms in a grain of sand as there are grains of sand on a beach. Now, I will never forget that just from reading it. I just remember thinking that's, that's incredible. Now, I appreciate not all kids are going to be interested in electronics or cars or Meccano, but I believe it extends beyond this. And I don't think I'm just representing or this, this, this idea is representing just a select few of children. I believe in general, children nowadays are far more interested in what goes on in front of a screen and games like Fortnite, for example, than they are interested in, say, how a car engine works. And that's absolutely fine. But for me, the key difference with this is the the type of learning that you gain with it. And if you have an interest in something that requires you to physically look at it, to physically dismantle it, something that you can... Um, actually become involved with using your hands, using your eyes, that doesn't involve a screen, you're more likely to interact with other people, say in a museum, you're going to be stimulating all the areas of your mind, you're perhaps going to start developing real life friendships with other kids who enjoy the same things, things like uh, orchestra and play musical instruments, all, all all these things that don't involve a screen rather they just they just help you with newer skills or the skills that you need later on in life and i think that's more so than say chatting to another kid on a in a virtual world um i'm i'm in no way saying that computer games are bad quite the contrary actually i i love computer games and i spent many hours playing them uh oddly enough later mainly later on in life um mainly because i wasn't allowed a games console as a kid but nevertheless, I think they can be very stimulating and challenging and I think they help develop hand-eye coordination to the extent that they have actually helped me in hand-eye coordination at work. I remember the first time assisted in a keyhole surgery and I was complimented from my um, 3D perspective, as it were, on, on, a, on a 2D screen. And I, I responded with, well, that's because I play too much PlayStation, you know, I I can judge things on a distance because of because of that, and I don't know. I just feel it's a bit of a shame that our children may not have the same quen- uh, same same thirst for understanding how things work as they once did, and that might not always be their faults. So let's take something simple, for example. When I was growing up, we had things like VHS tapes. Now. A blank one of those was very expensive and putting it into a video camera was an occasion. You knew something something was going to happen. And it was it was magic in a way. You knew that there was there was something physical about putting it in the camera. You knew there was this black magical ribbon inside that once it started to record would transfer a spool from one reel to the other. And you didn't really know how it worked but you knew that contained on this tape was your was your image or was your video and you put it back into a, into a VHS player and it would magically appear on the TV with a wire and then it would never work. You'd had to uh, tune your TV manually to your VHS and it made you wonder how it all happened, how it all worked. Whereas now we take things a bit for granted, things just appear on a screen and we don't really have much of an... A, a, 
a thirst for learning how does Wi-Fi work, how does this work, because we just get frustrated when it doesn't. We just want it to work nowadays. We don't really want any lag. Can you imagine going back to dial-up, for example? You, it would be an absolute nightmare for everyone. Businesses would collapse. Everything would just go go absolutely belly up. So I don't know. Maybe it's just I feel that that's the, the natural inquisition has gone, and that's just that's just the way society has lent itself to to electronics and to um, making things faster and more efficient, which isn't a bad thing at all it's just perhaps we should try and introduce some more traditional toys nowadays so i guess the idea that i'm trying to discuss is what kind of skill set do we do we value more um, for our children to be to be learning growing up do we think okay my child can um, can send a text message, can can send an email, knows how to look things up on YouTube. They don't really have much interest in stacking bricks or riding bikes or playing with, with uh, footballs. Is one better than the other? It's a difficult one. Um, you can argue that the way society is now, the way um, technology is is rife nowadays and, and it's only going to get more so as time goes on maybe that is what we should be teaching our kids maybe that is what um what they should be learning i know i think it would be incredibly useful if if i had learned how to code for example and program computer games and things like that that would be an incredible skill to have i have no idea how to do these things whereas now it wouldn't surprise me if it's being taught at schools i don't know if it is but it it wouldn't be out of place in today's society so maybe we should be adapting our our milestones, our development to uh, to accommodate for this this change in in society. I don't know. It is a difficult one. The one thing I, I will say, I, I do feel that children are being less active nowadays, and it kind of does go hand in hand with with the electronic media devices with everything being accessible onto a screen you know why would you go out and play football when you can play against other players all over the world on uh, playing FIFA on a PlayStation for example what what do you constitute as being more fun you know to to kids nowadays perhaps that is more more enjoyable or it gives people that aren't too good at sports aren't too interested in sports a chance to feel part of a a wider community which can also have benefits too but there was an interesting study that showed that having a tv in a bedroom is a risk factor for childhood obesity and it followed children from the age of seven to eleven and found that compared to kids who did not have a tv in their bedroom the ones that did had a significantly higher bmi uh, so they were larger. Now, it wasn't the most definitive study by any means, but it was interesting. And it did come up with a few suggestions. And it does lend to a, a plausible discussion, actually, which is that children spend more time in front of a screen may not be meeting their recommended levels of physical activity. And we also know that media study de- media devices uh, at bedtime are associated with inadequate sleep and that can help stunt growth and, and that has knock-on effects in its own in its own right. So I guess the take-home message is if you have kids and you don't know what to do on a Saturday afternoon, 
perhaps it might be a nice idea to go for a walk, fly a kite, go for a bike ride. If you know how something works, like, and you know how to do something like change a car wheel or explain how a spark plug works, show them. You know, they, they might thank you in 20 years time when they have a puncture. You know, replace the iPad for a coloring book every now and then or, or have a have a look through a children's encyclopedia or a book where there's science experiments or or something fun that you can all take part in together and do them. And they will thank you for it. They are treasured memories. If you want to add technology to it, record them. Um, do a, I don't know, I'm just thinking now maybe be nice to film plants growing that you've potted yourselves and and uh, look back and create a timeline together and then you can learn how to video edit whilst at the same time learning how the biology of plants growing you can adapt things to to incorporate both things that they enjoy on a daily basis with things that also stimulate the mind in other ways and these are just my thoughts but most importantly stay active it is very important. We are experiencing higher levels of obesity in children. We are also experiencing um, higher levels of sedatory lifestyles. And nutrition is also key too. So with that, I will leave you. And if you have any discussion or points about this or anything that you would like me to discuss, please uh, send me an email. My email is in the uh, description of this podcast. And as always, please take care of yourselves and I look forward to joining you again next time. I'm Dr. Paul Libios. Goodbye. Goodbye.